Welcome to the Bureau Briefing. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. They are amazing. Thank you to MailChimp. If you need a marketing platform, MailChimp is so much more than just email. They help you with Facebook ads, with Google ads. You just got to check them out. And the way that you can slice and dice the campaigns, it's beautiful. 10,000 feet. You know, if you need insights into your projects and your people, 10,000 feet is the resourcing tool that can help you with that. And also gather content. Content is always the thing that drags every project down. But when you use gather content, you can get a handle on it. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bureau Briefing. Today, we have a couple of guests coming back. Now, you may remember listening to an episode where we had people from the Bear Group who were getting ready to do account-based marketing or ABM as a way to go after new clients that they really, really wanted. Well, today they're coming back to tell us how it's going. It's been a few months. Please welcome back to the show, Travis Caldwell and Greg Bear. How's it going, fellas? Great. Thanks for having us. Great. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's so good to have you all back. Now, I have zero concept... <laughs> of what has happened since we talked last time. So if you don't mind, go ahead uh, and just give a little bit of a buildup. You were getting ready to do account-based marketing. Um, you had some clients targeted and what? You, you want to take that, Greg? You want me to take that? Yeah, I, I, setup-wise, I can take that for a second and let you run with it. The um, uh, uh, It was an interesting... Um, coming out of our, our annual planning about exactly October a year ago, um, one of the drivers for us was like getting control of the lever. So that was one of the, you know, for the sales, the sales lever, that one. Um, and ABM surfaced as a, and just adding that third leg, which is something we didn't have internally was really direct sales um, as an organization we had really, you know, kind of strong, continue to have strong marketing efforts um, as a company and obviously, you know, good referral business, like lots of our, Counterparts also have great referral businesses. Um, and we wanted to kind of get a handle on more direct prospecting, but to the people that we wanted to target. And so that the, the um, and Travis kind of led us to um, ABM and that it was a really interesting blend of both something we like and are, are you know, relatively think we're good at is actually just, just pre-order marketing um, and adding in a sales component on top of that, but it's really based on it's as a marketing strategy. So um, we went all in on it for in January. So we hired to it, um, got, you know, brought in a SDR, kind of a sales development rep and um, really became, you know, a, a core strategy for us for, for multiple months. And so it was very interesting um, experience. And um, I will let Travis sort of fill in from there. Yeah. So, you know, when we set it out, we, 
had these criteria and markers for how we were going to identify accounts. We got different technology and platforms to be able to prospect for them. Um, and we had, you know, uh, we had a kind of a litmus of stuff to run through from each one of these. And at first we started with really targeted and we were diving deep into these organizations and really trying to build value to bear group with them. And that sort of started to fade after a little bit of time. So I guess, I guess to kind of step back, you know, there, there's, there's multiple phases to this story. Um, phase one being, strategy and planning and coming up with the idea in phase two being implementation and execution and then phase three being adaptation and then phase four being uh scrutiny and (laughs) evaluation (laughs) um you know phase one and phase two went really really well and and you know everything looked great we're probably talking about this you can probably gather that we've moved away from this strategy so you know how with that phase how those phases went through really was around the fact that we still couldn't create demand in the marketplace with this new tactic so right organizations have either made custom web development a priority or they haven't and by you know and and we started to identify that early on when we'd build lots of information for them and here's how you're you know how you are against your competitors and here's you know why this value or the you know whether maybe it's maybe they still don't have a responsive site hey here's why responsive websites are are valuable right it still was kind of falling on deaf ears so as we ramped up we got to the point to where we would would export these lists we would start our advertising strategies we would start our social media strategies we'd warm them Uh, the sdr would engage lightly with emails and she was calling and we got to the point to where by april may june we were averaging a couple hundred calls a week uh, four or five hundred emails a week and early, we had some success. We did generate some introduction calls. And, and so we had multiple tiers of what we considered success. You know, there were the tactical metrics of how many calls did you make? How many emails did you send? Because there should then be a metric that would say, this is how many intro calls we should be able to expect from that volume from those intro calls, some percentage should turn into a new business opportunity. And and early on, we were getting a couple, you know, probably on average, we were getting two intro calls a week when we really started humming along in April, May. Well, that sounds pretty good. It did. It was. But it, it what was strong or what it, it wasn't, it didn't sustain. And so that's when we started thinking, well, maybe it's a volume game. And we we reduced the effort we were putting into uh, the research and the preparation we were doing. Mm. So then calls started to ramp up and no new intro calls were being scheduled. That's a good point, though, that um, the the effort it required. one One of the things when we did sort of an evaluation of it, after even just a month or so 
was we were putting there's quite a bit of marketing effort required to you know your ad your building up the list is not too hard um, and then finding the people within each company to contact is not terribly hard and we found good tools for that sort of direct the direct prospecting but it got to this point where we needed to make decisions like is it worth the um, but it was taking almost you know a week of prep or you know 35 40 hours of prep to build up the assets around to target a particular company so we would pick a company and be like here's you know the research that's needed and and it, and so it came to you know Travis and I talking this through it was like is it worth putting that effort into it before we even have a hook into the company like we don't have anything to hang on yet um and so that was a bit of a course change for us and well it's like let's go prospect a little bit wider instead of our list of 10 or 15 that we were going after trying to go right. with get a hook first and then follow up with actually you know then then broaden that discussion a little bit but but when there's absolutely nothing there to have put all that effort in and then uh you know you put a week's worth of energy behind something um that then is like you know when you finally if you do break through it's they're like yeah this is we have an in-house team we're not we're never going this road and that was part (laughs) of the slippery slope for us because as soon as we started to do that yeah we started to move away from ABM and we started to move right towards direct prospecting and direct sales and which we had done about four years ago too and it was just like it was horrible it was just you know just, it was, it was really hard a road uh, and they led into an area it's like okay we weren't trying to set up a sales organization and that's what we ended no up. well and not blowing any smoke bear group is a great shop I mean, like I, I've looked at your work. I, I've met you, Greg, and, and Travis. You seem great, and you know, it's there's no doubt to me that you do great work. You take care of your clients, all that sort of stuff. So, what, what's interesting to me is I remember from the first time we talked, this idea of targeting this small number and really going all in on trying to understand them. But, but what you said, Travis, when you're explaining it, if they don't appreciate, yeah, <laughs> what. what it, a great web experience can do for them, for their customers and for them, then all is for naught. And and that is really the crux of marketing for custom web development agency, because we're not a product. We're not, you know, hey, add an analytics tool. We're not, you know, buy this widget. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're either all in as an organization. You've already made the, dec- the decision to, embrace custom web development because of a size, because of your branding, because of your marketing strategy, your IT infrastructure, whatever it may be, or you're not, and you're skeptical and you you haven't been able to build that business case for it yet. And there, so to kind of come back to our successes, we did end up generating six new business opportunities total for the six month. Okay. You know, one a month isn't bad. It's well below the three a month that we had a goal for. We did end up closing one. So, okay. You know, that's been, and they're all been huge. They were all, they're yeah, all big projects. They were not, none of them were small projects. Yeah. But they also had really right. long tail cycles to them. The one that we did end up closing was one of the first ones that we created. And so we nurtured that from April and it didn't close till September, uh, August timeframe. So from a 
pure cost to generate and time to close, the cycle for, again, for the types of projects that we were looking at, the type of sales cycle we were dealing with, it became pretty apparent, especially as intro call started to fizzle, new business opportunities started. I mean, we had a couple months there towards the end before we finally called it where we weren't generating anything. And so I I keep going. I'm sorry, Travis. I was going to say, it just, it made it pretty easy to evaluate the data and say, this is the strategy we've, we've, we've changed it enough or we've, we've modified it enough from our original strategy to improve chase, whatever, you know, might've been and the current way it's structured for our type of business, this, this marketing strategy isn't, isn't the best one for us. Like we thought it would be, you know, Mm -hmm. this time last year. So you, you go through that process and during that time, what are the inbound leads like? They're the same as they had been um, in terms of we're, you know, we still generate inbound leads through content, through white papers. We also right. you know, have our PPC strategies and our social strategies. So when we're comparing the volumes, the idea with ABM was that it wouldn't take away from the other sources, that it would be an additional, you know, two to four opportunities a month. And that's what would help stabilize our, our, our pipeline throttle, right? Give us that one, you know, kind of additional lever. Um, So when we have multiple strategies that are hitting their numbers or close to on average, and then we have a new strategy that was working <laughs> for a couple months and over the course of two, three months wasn't coming close to its its numbers. You know, while it's always still a hard decision to step away from a strategy that you implement and you know design, implement and, mm-hmm. and believe in, uh, it was a fairly easy one at the same time because the, the numbers don't really lie. Well, and, and I think that shows a, a sense of maturity in an organization when they realize that we've invested in this. Yes, it's probably going to change the team a little bit. It's going to change different things, but it's not working. You can only you can only swim underwater for so long before you realize I'm not breathing. This is yeah. no good. So and it, you know, it might what, have again. I still I still think about it. You know, let's see. Three months later, uh, it's still on my mind as to why it didn't work. And yeah, what what happened? Or, I, is it the nature of the web business, or is it something else? I do believe that it is partly the nature of the product that we're selling. I think it's also at the price point we're talking about for our services. There's a cycle, a long-term play here. And I don't think we realized how long of a play ABM would be for a custom development shop. Where really... Like probably six months to two years. Yeah. Sort of a closed cycle was 
would be you'd have to nurture something a very long time until they were ready for their next big development effort. Right. Which at which point is it's essentially networking. It's essentially, you know, you're trying to create a relationship and a connection with a new account, a new business, which you can do a lot of different ways than the way that we current, you know, we kind of we structured it with our with our ABM strategy. So I think that's, you know, that's a big piece of it. So is there anything, I mean, I've heard of shops that they don't call it ABM, right? They just find a client that they think would be awesome to have and they go after them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ABM, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess but I disagree. They, that that's they sales, have... you know, at that point to me that, and that is where we shifted to. We shifted to, okay. oh, such and such account would be really cool. Hey, let's have our SDR pull a list of the 20 people that work there that are our target persona and see if she can get an in and and start to work. And then with ABM, how would you have done it? The way that we had structured it was much more marketing to them. Be would be generating white papers specifically to their industry right, that right, they right, would right. resonate with, really diving and understanding their need state and maybe their pain points, um, getting advertising in front of them well before we ever even pick up a phone and talk to them. Yeah. Um, trying, yeah. So, so, yeah. so trying to establish some credibility with them first and trying to establish some, you know, w- really understand where they are at in, in their buying cycle. So you could come in and, and market to them versus just coming in and, you know, and direct selling to them. One of the experiments that was pretty cool though, is we were able to do marketing targeted at that level. So you could target marketing to one particular company um, on, as far as ad, ad space goes, um, or particular user accounts. Um, and or uh, so it wasn't this broad-based effort as like incredibly highly targeted advertising programs that we could do. So that was actually a great learning, I think, and something that, you know, is, we'll, I'm sure we'll carry forward. Um, did, did you ever hire the private detective, like I told you to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the, so, the uh, applicants for our SDR role might have been private detectives. <laughs> <laughs> the SDR role was really interesting as a hire. So that was the one person that we brought on, you know, full time essentially to prospect and and dig in and make these connections. Um, it did require. I mean, and they were busy. Um, it required all, just such a high volume of communication, um, and she was very, you know um super nimble like you know she's like calling the front desk and like going hey are they out to lunch okay cool i guess i've got their sandwich you know can i get yeah. you know yeah. so trying to find these like ways to get them on the phone calling the person that sat next to them to write a post-it note to put it on their desk oh, I mean, yeah, wow yeah. that's she was, oh, nice. she was tactful, yeah. you know it's like okay that that's how you get and then you need get it and we've got we got good feedback actually it's like you know, really good compliments from other folks we did get through to like yeah you know your sales people are I appreciate you. Yes. (laughs) Like we called basically so you'll stop calling us. So so what have you adopted from this experience into the rest of your sales or or the really even into the, the DNA of the organization? Like what will you carry forward from this experiment? I don't know if it's a new adoption, but for me, I think there's a reaffirmation around that this business is all about connections and relationships. 
And right. that's what we were trying to establish when, you know, in, in kind of in typical inbound marketing, you're waiting for them to look for you and, and for them to kind of initiate the relationship. And we flipped that and we tried to flip that. And I still really, that still really resonates with me. And as we look at 2019 and our growth goals moving forward, kind of a reinvigoration around, again, whether that be networking events, whether that be uh, sponsoring meetups or, you know, local organizations, uh, really how do we establish more connections and more relationships, Um, which again, isn't necessarily a new thing for us, but just that's, you know, that's what we were trying to do. Yeah. I, I think it always comes back to that. And I mean, it's the same for me The the more time that I get to spend with the community at the bureau, the more I enjoy it, first of all, right. Because I get to understand like, like what's going on at the bear group and with other shops that I talk to. And the more that I get into trying to, to be a thought leader or putting this out there to attract more, it's like, I've, got plenty of friends. I just need to talk to them, right? I just need to find out what's going on. But there are always these things that are going to lure us away a little bit. And hopefully, like like you're saying, Travis, remind us that if we focus on the good stuff, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost always the stuff that feels better too, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it. I mean, the the relationships and those connections are where, and I'll speak for myself, Greg. You might have a different opinion, but where we get to learn more about a business, where we get to learn more about how they're trying to leverage the web, and yeah, exactly. You know, that's what we we strive to do is to try to enable clients to leverage the web for their success. So if we don't get to that point where we get to have those meaningful conversations with them, then it is frustrating, right? It's hard to have ideas and to see opportunities for a person or a potential client. And that trust just isn't there. And so they're not willing to go there yet with you. Whereas when you have those strong relationships or somebody comes in as a referral or you meet them at a networking event and you establish that credibility, and you get to open up and you really get to start to explore the you know, the, the, the never-ending vastness of, of the internet and the web and marketing and whatnot. Um, that's when it is more exciting. And, and those are really fun conversations to have. You're, it's interesting. What you just said reminded me, I was speaking with somebody who managed uh, the entry of Uber into Southeast Asia. And they had this problem where the drivers would always call the person requesting the ride uh, before heading towards them, right? They would call them, introduce themselves, and basically, you know, Uber saw this as an unnecessary step. It wasn't a call about where you're going to be or I can't find you. It was just, hey, I just want to let you know that my name is Thomas and I'll be picking you up. And, you know, and what they found out though was that that introduction was really important in Southeast Asia. The person getting picked up wanted that call as much as the person picking them up. And I think when we look at account-based marketing, the idea of being around somebody, like having them see your white paper or understand that you've accomplished something in their in their space or that they're trying to do, but they haven't actually said hello to you. 
Uh, they haven't really gotten to know you as an individual. When what we build and what we work on is so personal, you're going to be together for a while. That, that there's a lot about that, that maybe that's part of where account-based marketing in, in our space doesn't really work. Yeah, I think that's a really good insight. I, I, I would love it if the next time I flew into SeaTac, if my driver would call me beforehand. That would be great. um but yeah it is it is a relationship business and yeah when you know there's a lot at stake for the clients in terms of their professional success you know they want to trust the the person on the other end and you know that's why referral opportunities are always going to have a higher close rate than other sources because if I exactly. say, hey, Carl, call Greg, and you trust me, if you don't trust me, then, then it's already a bit flawed. But if you trust me in, 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 as a colleague, you're already sold on Greg before you ever even pick up the phone. Um, no, that's true. Well, well, gentlemen, thanks so much for coming back uh, to share the experience. And if anybody's listening who's done account-based marketing in the digital space, building products, building sites, that sort of stuff, and it's worked out, reach out and let me know because I'd, I'd really like to understand a little bit more about what might have been different. But for now, Travis and Greg, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk again. Pleasure having you back on the show. And for everybody listening, we'll be back soon. And good luck with your sales efforts. I hope everybody's doing great to round out 2018. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.